1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm um, Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman and Matt Weaver of Peaks.com. And when Matt's on, that means we're talking about Indiana football recruiting. Um, Matt, how are you? Busy weekend. Uh, busy December, really, with with the coaching changes and, and all that stuff. But how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? D- doing great.
0: Yeah, yeah, very excited uh, to have you on. Certainly, a lot of a lot of things have changed since we were last able to talk to you on the podcast. Um, busy time for you at peaks.com. Uh You've put up a lot of a great work covering Indiana's hiring of of Kurt Signetti. I guess we'll take just from a, a you know hiring of Signetti and the construction of his staff. Um, what have been kind of your your big takeaways from the past? you know, a couple of weeks here before we get into the recruiting side of it. Uh, I, I think it's in general, just an exciting time for IU fans to feel optimistic about the institution
2: taking football seriously. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I'm interested to see his contract details. We're still waiting for that, but, um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, I mean, I mentioned it the same. I know I mentioned to other people even months ago, weeks ago, when, you know, we thought about if they made a change, who, what kind of guy could they target? And, you know, Signetti was a guy that I I thought of Willie Fritz, you know, I know, I know Sammy liked him, but they're kind of the same boat, you know, you know, a little bit older coaches, but incredible backgrounds with winning and rebuilding programs at, at all different levels. And so, um, you know, this is I. You know, I think I think Indiana uh, made a terrific hire, and I think the staff he's put together is a strong one. And and um, uh, you know, obviously right now they're uh, they're trying to put together a roster because it's a little bit depleted. But um, you know, they've they've gotten some commits here in the last couple of days, and I think they'll obviously get quite a bit more between before now and and um spring ball.
1: Matt Kurt um, Signetti came in uh, during his press conference and said stars. Don't matter. Is that something that you agree with? Is it kind of a mix of both? I know in my, you know, philosophy on, on recruiting, I'm not a gazillion dollar head coach of a power five team. But, you know, obviously, somebody is rating them and looking at them and rating them highly. Um, but also another thing is wh- how they fit with the program, how you could develop them and all that stuff. And just to take four stars for the the heck of taking four stars hasn't really worked out for Indiana in the past. And we've seen it the last three years, Indiana had really good recruiting classes and this should have been the peak of Tom Allen, you know, the Tom Allen era, but it it never materialized. How important are those recruiting rankings?
2: Well, I mean, I think,
1: you know, when he said that, obviously stars matter to an extent. I mean, if you look at the
2: top teams in college football, the Alabamas, the Haas states, the Michigans, you know, it can go on and on and on. They get the best players in the country according to the rankings. You know, I've always said to me, I don't, I don't know, first of all, football recruiting evaluations. It's really difficult basketball. You know, you, all these guys play in a U ball and they go up in, like, you see a top player from California and a top player from New York or wherever they may be. You see top 10 guys go against each other. You don't really see that in football. Um And if you do, it's like seven on seven, it's not real football. So, you know, to me, it's really hard to ju- judge those guys. And so, to me, that's where coaches ev- coaches and their evaluations come into play. And I don't think there's a big difference between a guy who maybe is just a borderline four-star and a guy who's a three-star. I think you could throw a bunch of those guys in the hat and pick them out, and there's not a lot of difference. The rankings might be different, but I don't think there's – and I think that's kind of what he's talking about. I mean, obviously, a five-star guy is a five-star guy. Now, they don't all always pan out. But a lot of those guys obviously hit because that's where you know the Alabamas and those schools are. That's the players they're getting for the most part. So, to me, I think he's talking about how you have all these guys. I mean, there's just probably hundreds, if not thousands, of players in that three to, you know, a three star low four star bucket. And it, to him, I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, you know, and even a low three star guy for them may be just as valuable. They've taken they've taken two in the last uh, in today. The quarterback for Miami, Alberto Mendoza, is like a 82-ranking, which is a low three-star D-line. Who, I mean, I looked at his – I watched his tape a little bit today, um, and he plays over Pennsylvania. He's Pennsylvania. Uh, he's right around there too. So, you know, these are guys they believe in. These are guys they feel like they can develop, and their track record speaks for itself. So, you know, for the time being, you know, I'm going to trust their judgment because they know a heck of a lot more about it than I do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the commitments uh, that they've gotten here today. Guys that visited this past weekend that uh, you know were either um, transfer portal prospects or, uh, in the case of Landino and Mendoza, uh, guys that were committed to James Madison, to this coaching staff, uh, that have now flipped their commitment to Indiana. So I think a, a list of at least publicly uh, nine visits – uh, that that were, you know, on campus this past weekend, uh, including a JMU commit that is a four-star, depending on the recruiting service you look at, but a, a speedster, Jaja Boyd, um, and then a couple of guys that are already committed and running backs, Kobe Martin uh, and Justice Savage that look like they'll be sticking with their commitment uh, to Indiana and that the staff wanted to keep them. Kind of a two-way street there for these guys to have offers does the new staff offer them and does that player still want to still want to go with this staff so um of of that group of players uh do you think there are any surprises to come out of that i don't justice ellison uh, running back from wake forest committed he was not a public you know publicly known visitor but he did visit as well uh, what do you think about Justice Ellison? And then do you think there's any more coming from, from this weekend's visits?
2: Um, yeah, um, Justice Ellison has been a I mean, he kind of reminds me of uh, – and when I say reminds me, maybe not the same kind of running style, but Christian Turner, who you brought in this year and had some good, good games right. for him, also, also from Wake Forest. But, I mean, a guy who's been – he's been a productive back. He's been a lead back, um, you know, 2022 was his best year, had over 700 yards, had a pretty good season this year. Um, so I think, I mean, this is, you know, anymore you don't have a bell cow back. I mean, most plays, no, unless you've got some stud, um, but just anymore you split carries between two, three guys. So I think he's a good get. Um, you know, if, if Josh Henderson decides to stick around and, you know, so far he hasn't made, I guess no news is good news there. And that's a pretty good start at running back. And then you mentioned the two young guys that they're bringing in, Kobe Martin and Justin Savage, who committed to the previous staff and are, are the, the new staff reoffered, and and they've, you know, solidified their commitment. Um, Charlie Becker was also here, the wide receiver, who's a guy I really like from Tennessee. Um, and then uh, Jaja Boyd, who um, I'll be kind of surprised if he doesn't commit to Indiana, um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, I think uh, he's been pretty, him and or his mom had pretty active on social media, liking a lot of IU stuff, so um, he may just be waiting for the right time to make his announcement, but um, uh, there, were other, there were other guys on campus, um, and it's kind of an off-the-record deal, um, you know, and I, and I think a lot of them were portal guys. Um, there might've been another high school guy or two, but, um, you know, I think you could still, I, I think there could be some more commits. And sometimes you bring in portal guys, you offer them, and you bring them in because you want to get a close look at them and get to know them. And then you may figure out once you get them on campus, they don't fit your, your program. So, you know, I, I, am not sure exactly how many other guys came. Uh, um, I wouldn't be shocked if it was almost double what I reported, which was eight. Um, so I think there could be some more commits. So it'll, it'll be interesting. You know, um, it's interesting to see what happens. With the quarterback. It looks like Curtis Rourke from Ohio uh, is kind of the lead guy as far as a portal addition. So, you know, it's, it, it, you know, I'm kind of starting over this staff, so I'm trying to feel them out, and they're trying to feel me out. But, um, you know, you know, I think, I think, you know, usually I can give you a number. Like, I think this many guys will commit by December 20th. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I don't right. think this roster will be set until probably May. Um, but I think the majority of it will be set by spring ball. That's my guess. Um, but we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, one one follow up off of that information. Um, you mentioned Curtis Rourke, which I'll I'll talk about him in a minute because so I've been doing uh, quite a bit of research on who potentially could be you know I use quarterback for the 2024 season. Um, but two questions on. The guys that were in here one is more of a statement i guess uh am i kind of crazy for thinking that justin justice savage is uh capable of contributing as a freshman i i really really like what i've seen of of him and kind of the measurables he has and the competition level and area where he plays high school football uh in georgia so that's one. And then I've seen Jaja Boyd mentioned as a guy that the staff continues to recruit as a two-way player, kind of a wide receiver and secondary guy. Um, do you think that's still the the plan for him at IU playing two ways in the Big Ten?
2: Um, yeah, I think Justin Savage has a chance. I would say he could be a guy, and I don't know what he's done as far as special teams in high school, but he looks like a guy you could maybe use. You could put him on kick return. Um, and I've watched him as highlights, and obviously you mentioned his program. I believe the quarterback there is that Nolan, who's going to Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken, at yeah. his high school. Right. Um, it's a loaded, right. It's a loaded program, and I think they've they've had other running backs. That's one reason why I don't think he's gotten – you know, he's kind of emerged late because he was surrounded by so many good players that it was kind of, you know, easy to get lost in the shuffle. Um, but I, I think – I mean, not to, you know, sidestep up the question, I think anybody who comes in fresh – now there's going to be some, you know – like I don't think a lot of linemen hopefully are going to be playing right away because they need a year. But I think skill guys, all these skill guys are going to have a chance. This is a clean slate. I mean, everybody's got a clean slate with this staff, and I think Signetti's going to be a guy. He's going to play whoever. I mean, it's he's he's not going to you know there's going to be guys that he'll probably look at and think I need this guy to be good for me. But I think everybody's got a chance, and I think Savage brings something, um, you know, to this roster that you know, like you mentioned, you know, he's got some explosives. He watched some of his highlights and you know when they when he he looks like he shot out of a cannon when he runs the ball in the backfield so um you know i think uh i think he's uh i think he's got a good shot to play right and i'm sorry tJ what was your second question
0: uh judge Boyd and it's been oh kind of yeah bandied about as a two- way player is that something that has continued to be a yeah. plan as far as you know uh for him or is or are they've kind of yeah, I in more I, on – focused
2: in my visitor preview I mentioned that because in one of the stories they talked about when he decommitted that the plan was for him to play He's listed as a safety i think he's really an athlete i mean he's a slot receiver i mean safety i mean he's 5'10 170 i wonder if he'd be more of a corner but maybe he gets bigger uh more like a nickel guy but uh i don't know what they're going to do maybe since you're moving up to the big 10 you you rethink that just because obviously you know i mean they were playing right. good competition but you're playing bigger stronger faster guys you know and, and that's a lot on a guy um you know whose physique is not You know, super huge. Um, But I, you know, my maybe maybe they he's a DB and then they occasionally put him over on offense. You know, they run some plays for him where he's in the slot or they do some stuff where they try to get in the ball and jet sweeps or whatever it is. Um, You know, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, to me, you bring him in. He looks like a terrific athlete. Uh, He's got speed, explosiveness. You bring him in and you figure it out. Um, You know, you could he could make a case that he's you know, needed on both sides of the ball. I might, I might argue he's needed a little bit more on offense. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. you can make a case that he's also, you know, there's, there's a need on defense, even, you know, I was looking at the DB. There's, there are quite a few DBs coming back, especially at safety, but there's, there's going to be a lot of turnover at that position, assuming those you know, guys, you know, are gone after this year, upcoming season. Um, So maybe you want to start replenishing, you know, the, the secondary. So you have to take a bunch in, in the following class, but, uh, if you know, if they're able to get him, which I I think they will, I don't want to say it's going to happen, but I, everything points to him, you know, eventually coming into Indiana, it'd be a heck of a good get.
1: Matt, yeah, I, I, I wanted – oh, go ahead.
0: Go. Yep, go ahead, Sammy. Go ahead.
1: I, I wanted to ask a question that's probably on a lot of people's minds uh, with recruiting and, you know, you see all these James Madison – Uh, flips and and guys who don't really have those power five offers. Is is that a concern um, with this staff or is it they're getting guys who they know they trust and and they could turn into power five players?
2: Well, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question. I mean, obviously you want to try to get guys that are getting uh, offers from the same schools you're playing against. And to me, that's, not so much the Michigan's, Ohio State, the Penn State. That'd be great if you could get those guys, but it's more like the Illinois, the Minnesotas. You know, we've got this, the Purdue's, who I consider Indiana's peers in the Big Ten and who they really need to compete with and beat. Um, but this staff has shown that they can take these guys and develop them. Um, and like I said, this is where, you know, I mean, obviously offers are different than rankings, but this is where, you know, they've done their evaluation. I mean, uh, uh, somebody, Close to the program, when I asked him about Dan, Daniel, I'm a, in Duque. I think that I'm pronouncing that the guy who just committed. The word was freak. He's a freak athlete. So you know, maybe he's a little bit raw. You know, maybe his his skill set's not there. But you take that piece of clay who's got you know uh, high level athleticism, and you coach him up. And that's what these guys do. They're really good at coaching guys up and and getting maximizing their talent. So I mean. It's early on. I'm, I, I'm not going to say this is how they're going to recruit three years from now. Um, and I'm not yeah. saying they're just taking guys to take guys. But, but I, think they're, I think they're more willing to take a guy that they feel really comfortable with, who maybe on paper is not as talented as a kid that maybe they could go chase. But they know that this kid, from a culture standpoint, from a character standpoint, from how, well, how they want to do things, he fits exactly what they want to do. And, you know, that's that's what they're going to go after. Real quick, I will say uh, a guy from Wisconsin site came over, Trey Wedig. The old lineman is visiting Indiana this weekend. Um, 6'7", that's 3'18". That's, yeah. O- yeah. O- O-Tackle from Wisconsin is going to be at IU this weekend. So he just posted that on our board. Uh, Evan Flood, Evan does a great job covering Wisconsin. So thanks, to Evan, for um, – And I wondered if that might be the case uh, because, you obviously both dad would have a relationship. So just wanted to throw that out there that um, he's going to make an official visit. Yeah,
0: that would be terrific. And that that was kind of going to be the next question. And it's not one that you can answer uh, because um, I don't know if there, we know that there's not answers quite yet, but definitely a lot of help is needed and reinforcements are needed on the lines of scrimmage, um, with portal defections, uh, and then up front on the defensive line with guys graduating, um, it, it's two areas of the team that really need reinforcements in a big way and guys that can play immediately. Uh, so portal, you know, portal upgrades. I like the incoming freshman offensive lineman. Um, I think that. Bob Bostad has got a really good group coming in that he has kind of resecured their commitments, but they're not going to be able to help you probably um, year one. So those portal guys and Weddig is going to be somebody that right away when he entered the portal, it was, Hey, that would make a lot of sense for, for him um, for Bostad to to grab him. So hopefully that's the case, but um, turning to quarterback uh, you mentioned Nathan or, uh, uh, Rourke from Ohio, uh, Curtis Rourke, a guy that was 2022 MAC Player of the Year, uh, tore his ACL before the MAC title game and missed that in the bowl game uh, for them, and then came back, you know, for the season opener and got hurt, unrelated injury against uh, San Diego State this year missed two games and then played and was in my opinion, kind of clearly a bit limited uh, by the injury and by uh, a lack of quality weapons this past season for the Ohio Bobcats. I don't think he had much to work with uh, last year, but still um, on the surface, if they're able to land Curtis Rourke, that would seem like a, a real win for Indiana. I think that the, immediate assumption was oh they'll go get Jordan McLeod from James Madison Uh, there's never really been any real traction there it doesn't seem like he's even an option for them whether that's his choice or the staff's choice we don't know Uh, but Rourke is a guy that uh, is visiting this coming weekend if if I'm correct about that I think they play a bowl game on the 16th but uh, I believe he has a visit at some point coming up soon with IU, so you, you think Indiana is seriously pursuing Rourke and he's interested? And in, what are your thoughts on what kind of fit that would be uh, with a staff that does really well with quarterbacks?
2: Yeah, to me, he's kind of the perfect, you know, portal quarterback when you've got some young guys already on the roster that look like they have some some promise. Um, and let's you know, let's remember Tavian Jackson is still a young guy, and I know he had some. Obviously, not great moments, but th- you know, and I'm not going by rankings, but he's a talented player and highly thought of for a reason. And I don't think I think it's far too early to say Taven Jackson can be the quarterback in Indiana at some point. Um, I'm not saying he will be, but I, I'm not going to judge him off a couple of games um, early in the season, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and, and write him off. But I think Curtis Schwartz or a guy like that doesn't have to be able to, like that one year guy who can literally bridge the gap from what you, what you lost to what you think you have down the road, um, you know, for the 25 season. Um, obviously he played well at Ohio. He he was well coached over there. You know, um, that, you know, Frank Solich for years did a great job at Ohio. I think he just turned it over like a year or two ago to one of his, I think it's uh, Tim Albin took over. I could be mistaken on that, but I think that's who he took over Um but he's, you know, they've had, they've had some success. They upset it on Iowa State this year. I don't know if he was the quarterback in that game. But he's, he's had, like you said, 2022 yeah. MAC Player of the Year, which is good football. I mean, a lot of those guys can play in the Big Ten. And to me, this is the perfect kind of guy. I haven't watched a ton of them. I would, I would assume he's a, he's a smart quarterback. I, I, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is you know, a, a, a lazy comparison. I would assume he's probably kind of similar to a Peyton Ramsey. Um, smart, tough kid uh, you know, just knows how to make plays, has those intangibles. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know physically how he compares, but, um, you know, I think it'd be a great pickup if they're able to get him. I, you know, I I saw where it was down to his top. He was kind of down, I don't want to say down, but it looked like he was focused on Indiana and Wake Forest. Wake Forest obviously got, I think it was Hank Bakemeyer or Backmeyer, however you say his name. Um, I, you would assume and he's a six-year guy. So, and they're both six-year guys. I I don't think if I'm a six-year player, I'm going to go to a school where they just took a six-year quarterback. So I would think he in the driver's seat. Um, it's interesting. I think he is playing in the bowl game Saturday. Is that correct? I think that's right. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. that it, it, has, it, it appears to be the case, yes. Um, they have not removed him uh, from their roster. It does seem like he's going to play in their bowl game. Um, And I I was connecting the dots with IU and Wake Forest were his finalists. Wake Forest gets Hank Bachmeyer, Therefore, okay, you know, and maybe I shouldn't use the word finalist. Maybe it was just a school he's serious about and Wake Forest appears to be off the table. Uh, So Indiana, you know, if the staff wants him, which I don't know why they wouldn't. uh, Based on what I've seen and I've watched – uh, three full games and then highlights um, of Curtis Rourke from both 2022 and 2023. Um, in, in comparison to Peyton Ramsey, he is not as, uh, I, would, I would say he's not quite as quick as Peyton Ramsey was, um, which I, I still don't think people gave Ramsey enough credit for how athletic he was um, and how, how quick he could be when he got into the, into the open field, but definitely has this capability, uh, is able to maneuver around in the pocket, throws a really good deep ball, uh, very accurate with the deep ball, particularly when he has receivers that he trusts, which he did in 2022. Um, several instances of him stretching the field with 40 to 50 yard passes uh, that were really accurate, both down the sideline and on posts. Uh, you know, over the middle of the field. So really good there, good decision-maker, not a lot of turnovers. Uh, I think for his career, I, I I don't remember the exact amount, but I, I think he had um, over, I think over 700 dropbacks over like his past 700 dropbacks. Uh, he was, you know, in the top 10% um, in terms of interception rate. So, Taking care of the football, making good decisions, uh, accurate on the deep ball, uh, pretty good on on intermediate and short stuff. His career completion percentage was, uh, you know, well above 60%, and he was above 65% um, these past two years. So I I, I think you know he's a guy that with his legs, which I think is important for Indiana football. Uh, and really, for college, just in general, now I think it's important that your quarterback can at least pick up first downs when a play breaks down. Uh, you know, can get outside the pocket, extend the play, and you know, pick up a first down with his legs when he needs to on a third down. And you know, Rourke is a guy that can do that. He's six five, uh, north of two hundred thirty pounds. He's he's a big guy, um, and I, I I do think that based on what we have seen this coaching staff with Tino Sinceri, who everybody raves about his work with quarterbacks and then offensive coordinator, Mike Shanahan. Um, I think that given the tools that Rourke has, if IU could put weapons around him and an offensive line that, you know, could block competently, I think you'd have the makings of a really exciting offense and one that could be Indiana's best in, in quite a while. Um so uh, that's just a bit of a info dump on uh, Rourke that that I've found. I'm sure if IU gets, you know, gets serious with him, and it looks like he's going to be the guy. I'm sure you'll you'll get a lot more info than that uh, on your own. But looking to
1: the the defensive side of the ball, um, well, I want to ask to one more thing on end. offense for Matt, um, and yeah, I, I also ahead. want to. I uh, say a shout out to Andy Graham, who's listening, uh, over across the pond. So, uh, good evening, Andy, and thanks for checking All in. Right. Um, but Matt, let's go back to the transfer portal and and the exiting players from IU. The entire starting offensive line entered the portal. You saw Khalil Benson go to Colorado. Um, Matt Bedford visited Colorado uh, and Auburn. I believe. Is there? in effort to get guys like Carter Smith and Zach Carpenter back um, and, and Matt Bedford back, are they going to look at the, you know, offensive line in the transfer portals, a, a high premium, where, where where are they going at that position?
2: Um, well, I think I've heard Smith is a guy that they're definitely would like to try to get back. I haven't heard a ton on Carpenter. That doesn't mean that they're not trying. I just haven't heard a ton on him. You know, my guess is my guess is, um, you know, I, I, here lately I heard, that Bedford and Benson had kind of been talking about leaving for a while, like even before the coaching change. So that kind of tells me that maybe they were just looking to move on. That doesn't mean maybe, maybe Bedford comes back. Obviously Benson's gone. Maybe he does. But I, if I, you know, if I was going to lay money on it, I would, I would probably say Bedford probably moves on as well, but you know, it it takes two, he's made two visits. Um, You know, Colorado took what, like I think they basically took an entire offensive line um, over like this weekend um So I don't even know if they'd have another spot for him. I, maybe I guess it's possible. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him in Auburn, but obviously visiting. And you know, little nugget. Darren Hiller is on the staff at Auburn as a as an analyst or one of those quality, whatever the, the titles are, consultant, whatever it is. So he's down there. Um, you know, obviously to me, Smith would be the, the guy that I want back the most. I mean. You know, and listen, I, I get a lot of people. I saw a tweet today. Somebody said they should back the Brinks trick up, Brinks truck up, and pay Donovan McCauley. I just don't agree. And that, and I would, I would be willing to pay Don McCauley, but it, it it doesn't make sense to pay a guy who plays receiver if you can't block for, you know, somebody throwing the ball to him. And I think McCauley's a terrific player, and I think he's got next level ability. But to me, Carter Smith was always the guy. I felt like they had is was the most important guy in the portal because starting left tackles in the big 10 are hard to find. And this guy could be your starting to tackle for the next two to three years. Um, and he, he well, was he perfect? No, but for a redshirt freshman, he was pretty darn good. I thought um, he had some bad moments, but he showed a lot of promise. And this is a guy that I know that the previous staff felt strongly about as far as having NFL potential. So to me, he was the guy that was, to me is the number one guy. And then if you can get back some of these other guys, you know, for, for uh, these veterans, uh, as that Carpenter, um, you know, I know Josh Ells didn't play great, but he's been in the system for a couple of years. If you can get those guys back, great. Um, but to me, you know, I that to me, Carter Smith was was the, is the key guy. If you can't get him, you know, nobody's irreplaceable. But obviously that's a big hole. I think you can replace Don McCauley's McC- production. Maybe not with one guy, and you may not have the guy who can go up and make some of the plays he can, but you could, you can replace that production. I think it's going to be harder – It's not impossible, but harder to replace a Carter Smith than a Donovan McCauley, in my opinion, when it comes to the production on the field, because I think you can do with multiple guys at receiver. You can't really do that O-line. you got to find a guy who can play left tackle and play it at a level that Carter Smith looked like he was going to be headed towards.
1: Yeah, I, I, offensive line is a big concern in the portal. Um, both bringing guys back and then go and get new guys too, because you need you need players who are ready to play at the power five level. Uh, TJ, we wanted to switch over to the defense in our defensive portal needs yep. article that's on Hoosier Huddle. Uh, it really could have been a, a one word article and and everything. Uh, IU needs everything. Um, you you saw Jordan Greer. Came back from the portal today that helps depth in the secondary. Um, But you need defensive linemen, linebackers, safeties, secondary. And now, you know, the secondary was a a big concern even before uh, some of these guys hit the portal. So, Matt, what starting up front on the defensive line, what's what are the needs up at defensive, you know, defensive line with Patrick Lucas and with Darius Cox? Uh, heading to the transfer portal. Well,
2: you you know obviously you'd like to get you'd like to get some guys on the interior. Now you know if you look at D line uh, right now, I think Philip Leedy's going to be back. Now we'll see. I mean, you have to remember one thing that could happen is guys could come back, go through spring ball, and decide after being coached by this staff, this isn't the place for them. But if you can bring back a Philip Leedy, uh, Marcus Burris, Robbie Harrison, the young guys they brought in last year, um, you know. You need more than that, obviously. That's only three guys. But at least it gives you some kind of a, a foundation or a, a base to start from. But you got to – you know, I think the guy from Iowa, um, Ontario, Ontario Thompson, is intriguing. He didn't play a bunch this year. He was an All-American in Juco ball in 22, comes to Iowa, blocked a couple kicks, didn't really play much um, on their defense, hardly at all, but he was expected to be in the rotation it. And obviously at Iowa, you know, besides punting, the one thing they can do is play defense – so, um, you know, I think he's an intriguing guy. You know, he's I, – I, it sounds like he's going to – he's down to uh, IU, Kansas, and I think – um can't remember the third school. Maybe TJ can remember. I just tweeted it out, too, and I can't remember who the third school uh, was. Oklahoma Oregon. State, I or, think, wasn't it? Or, yeah, something like that. Um, but if you could get a guy like that, that, that obviously would be – that would be great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they need depth on the interior. And, listen, it wouldn't shock me – you know, there's been quite a few guys from James Madison who've gone in the portal – and they've not reported any offers, um, which is kind of interesting. At least mostly, I haven't seen hardly any. I wouldn't be shocked if some of these guys end up at Indiana. I don't know that to be a fact, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. Um, and then this may be one of those things where they're trying to kind of keep it low-key because obviously they were at JMU and, and they, could, they could end up at IU. But I, 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 if you can bring some of those guys who know your defense, they don't have to be stars. They have to give you. They you need some guys to give you some snaps to give you some depth and some of those guys and they've got some guys who are pretty good players that at um in their conference. So, but yeah, depth the D yeah. line. I mean linebacker uh, to me, my most concerning position right now is linebacker on defense because I look at the linebacker position, and there's literally nobody who's played at least meaningful minutes, meaningful snaps. Um, you know, yeah. so that to me. I'm not saying secondary and D-line aren't concerns, but there are at least guys who've got game action at both those positions. And you could you could put together a serviceable D-line and secondary. I'm not saying it'd be great, but it'd be at least serviceable because you have some guys. Linebacker, it's a giant hole right now. They really need to get some linebackers, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you lose guys like Aaron Casey, Jacob Magnum, Ferrara. Um, you know, we'll see what kind of defense JMU run, or. Signetti runs, um, you know, you, you also lose Miles Jackson's in the portal, uh, Anthony um, Anthony Miller, not Anthony Miller, he's the tight end. Anthony out. Jones. Anthony Jones, you know, one of those common last names that everybody has. Anthony Jones yeah. is in the portal uh, and, and things like that. Um, I thought, you know, Joshua Rudolph could step up too. He was a fast back. He played well um, down the stretch. But, yeah, replacing Aaron Casey and Jacob Magnum-Farrar is going to be a uh, a tough, uh, tough hill to climb for IU. Any more questions, CJ? Yeah,
0: yeah I think on the linebacker side, uh, you know, getting Quentin Clark to, to stay committed uh, is an important one because as of right now, he looks like a guy that could actually not just see significant snaps, but find himself in a starting role based on uh, the rest of what's at linebacker. So I expect a lot. Uh, to be done in the portal um, at at linebacker as well. Um, really, just on the the whole offensive side of the or both sides of the ball. Your um, tight end is kind of the the last one that I wanted to to kind of ask about with the transfer from UConn, who's rated as one of the top tight ends in the portal. Uh, More of a receiving tight end, which is something that IU doesn't really currently have unless Sam West kind of develops quite a bit over the off season, which is very possible. Uh, You know, very talented guy, but they've got more kind of your bigger blocking tight ends. Um, They've got a lot of bodies there, but I'm not sure how many of them are difference makers. Um, So the UConn transfer and I, Last name's Jolly or Jolie. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But um, any thoughts on that and the, the wide receiver position, which um, you know, without Donovan McCauley, without Jalen Lucas, uh, without Jacquizz Smith, which you know he wasn't playing anyway, but uh, certainly thinner than it uh, than it was. So you've got got some needs at wide receiver and tight end. Do you think that they will continue to try and target that any ideas on kind of who they may be pursuing there and their chances with the, uh, the Yukon tight end.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, to me, the Yukon tight end is really intriguing. I mean, he put up pretty good numbers there and obviously they were, you know, didn't have a great season, but he looked like an athlete. I, I think your description is great. Is spot on, um, more of a receiving, which to me is what they need. I mean, I don't know what Bradley Archer is going to do. He can come back. I believe, James Bomb is more of a blocking tight end. You know, we haven't really seen a lot from the other guys. I'm really excited about Brody Kosen. Um, You know, I, I think keeping him is one of the biggest coops uh, uh, of this recruiting cycle. Because even if there wasn't yeah. a coaching change, I, I thought there was a real good chance that he could get scooped up by somebody else. Um, he's, he's a good-looking prospect. Um, you know, at receiver and obviously another guy um, uh, that you mentioned some guys, Cam Camper is another guy who's in the portal. Um, So, you know, you're talking about for the last couple of years, your leading receivers are are not there. Um, uh, The guy from Wake Forest, Kayshawn Williams, I'm pretty sure he visited this past weekend with Ellison. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I was told that there was a running back and a receiver from Wake Forest. So, you know, it, pretty simple deduction. You know, I know there was another re- receiver from Wake Forest that had gone in the portal, but I think he committed before the weekend or on like Friday or Saturday. I can't, I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure like Henry something I think, but he committed somewhere else. And I don't even know if Indiana offered him, they did offer Kayshawn Williams. So I think he might've been on campus. I don't know what's next. I mean, a lot of these guys, they, they post offers, but they're not really talking much. You know, it's kind of this whole point. It's kind of secretive. And I wonder if some of it is because there's so many guys out there that they're trying to let, find a spot and get it. You know what I mean? And not really publicize it too much. I don't know. But um, yeah. it's uh, it's kind of been um, real hush hush. But I think he was on campus. And I think he's more of a slot guy. But you know what? They could use somebody like that. Um, you know, Anderson Kobe did not have a great year. He showed – flashes the year before. Obviously EJ Williams, you know, looks like a guy who's got a chance to be pretty good. I thought Omar Cooper was just shame He got hurt. Cause I felt like he was really starting to come on. I think it was right around that Penn state yeah. game. He was starting to come on. And I was, I think it was that game where he got banged up and didn't play the rest of the year. I could be wrong, but
1: you know, no, what, he got hurt then, against uh, Wisconsin. Somebody rolled Wisconsin. up on his ankle.
2: Okay. So that was the week after Penn state. So the Penn state game, we had that nice touchdown catch. Um, but anyways, he was starting to really start to show something. So there's some pieces to work with, but you have you gotta have depth. Right now I have them with six scholarship receivers and two of them are guys in Derek Bowler who registered in Charlie Becker who have not played a snap of college football. So you basically and Cameron Perry's not played very much. So you got three guys who've seen game action, significant game action. So obviously I, I wouldn't be shocked if they try to add two guys out of the portal and then maybe another guy or two out of the high school ranks. Um, to try to get this up to around nine or 10, you know, that, to me, that's where you want to, be. I remember Kevin Wilson always would tell me, and I'm not, this is different. His offense is different. He wanted 11 receivers because they would, the way he ran his offense. obviously they were up tempo and they ran a lot of deep routes. He wanted to be able to rotate guys. Cause when a guy runs a deep route, even if you don't throw him the ball, you got to sub him out cause he's going to be a little winded. So, you know, they're at six, you know, I think they need to probably get at least three to four more be my guess. Um, you know, and, you know, tight end, they got a lot of bodies, but like TJ said, nobody's really, you know, emerged. I think they've got some young talent, but bringing in an older guy does make a lot of sense or at least a veteran, maybe not older, but a veteran who's played um, college football and been productive. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah,
0: I keep hoping Elijah Surratt uh, from James Madison, <laughs> and maybe he will, but, you know, connecting the dots had such a great year last year uh, for them as as just a sophomore and if he did choose to enter the portal, he'd be highly coveted, I'm sure. But uh, that would be a guy that you'd look at. as If he entered, uh, you would get excited about the op- you know, the opportunity for IU to pursue him. But um, this is all just great stuff. I'll let uh, I'll let Sammy take it and won't uh, won't bug you anymore. But I, I thoroughly appreciate you answering questions for us. And uh all the great work you've been um putting out on peaks throughout this very busy time uh certainly not the not the off season
1: yeah we'll, uh, we'll I will uh, say
2: thank you, I appreciate that
1: yeah Matt does great work on peaks he has great questions at press conferences which is going uh, to be a better thing that yeah you better bring your A game to to the press conferences this year uh, which is which is good no repeat questions no uh reading off the box score uh stuff like that so bring your a-game but <clears throat> uh you know it, it's what signing day is december 20th nine days away uh the portal closes what the first weekend of of january it, it's going to be a busy time uh so thanks matt for for jumping on and and talking IU football with us uh, again. So, you know, you can keep coming back to com. We'll have this posted on our uh, on podcasts, on Spotify, on, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you subscribe to it uh, as well. We'll post on the site. So, Matt, before we get you out of there, um, we're going to have an exciting rest of the week uh, on the recruiting trail.
2: I think so. I mean, and I, you know, I think, you know, you have a week and a half until, signing, until the signing period. I remember the signing period goes actually three days. It'll be the uh, 20th through the 22nd, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I mean, most guys sign on Wednesday. You have a few guys who, you know, like to build up the drama and, and drag it out. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think there's around – assuming nobody else leaves, I think there's around 20 spots left. Um, I want to say I have my roster at about – and there there could be, you know, like does Matt Bauman get a scholarship again – Um, you know, does Matt Hole, You know, I mean, I I don't know James Bombo, but
1: I think uh, Matt Matt Bomba that's
2: his dad. That's his dad. I know
1: Matt.
2: Yeah, I know Matt personally. He was a straight coach when I was the manager, so I always so I'm sorry, James, but shout out to Matt. He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, does James probably get a scholarship? Does Matt Hole keep the scholarship? But I have around 20 to 21 spots, and obviously that's a that's a really moving target and a and a fluid number. So. You know, there's there's some work to do. I don't think they'll fill. I'd be a little bit surprised. I'd say I'd be surprised if they fill all 20. You know, by next Wednesday, a week from Wednesday. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's you know they they only have five, six, seven spots going because you know you saw the February signing period and you still have another portal opening. Uh, what like sometime in May? I think the first couple weeks of May um, you'll have another opening with the portal. So I could see them even trying to save a few spots because maybe some guys come open then that they really like.
1: Awesome, awesome stuff from Matt. Um, if you haven't, check out uh, his stuff out over at peaks.com. Also, uh, come to hoosierhuddle.com. We're doing our staff profiles, we'll, we'll look at each of the staff members that are coming to IU with Kirk Signetti um, as well. And then, uh, of course, we have our Bowl Mania uh pool. If you haven't, um, the link is up on our, our Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's 10 bucks to join. Winner gets 70% of the pot, 30% goes to uh, Hoosiers for good, Hoosiers Connect. Uh, So, you know, join it. It's fun. Uh, You might win a little money. Also, uh, Hoosiers Connect will give um, some swag away too, including hat, T-shirts, stickers, all that stuff. So follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. TJ, thank you again. And Matt, as always, thank you. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right, that does it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in live uh, and, and all that stuff.